it's, it's all about sharing, for me, sharing, sharing the inspiration because so much is possible beyond what you ever get taught, you ever get told, you ever even consider. Welcome back to Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, your host with the most feel better. And in today's episode, I have Stephen Bailey, an amazing digital nomad. Now, not a lot of people know what a digital nomad is or they heard about it in the early 2000s, you know, when the internet was booming. But Stephen left the UK in 2007 and has been, you know, scraping around the world as a writer and a jobber, shoestring traveler, pretty much. And in 2013, he successfully launched a digital agency called The Fat Dogs, and he was content hopping every month, and then he launched Kate.com before the pandemic hit. And I'll let him explain what Kate.com is, but it's an amazing resource if you're looking to travel. So without further ado, let's jump in to the interview. So Stephen, thank you so much for being on the show. How about you give a, a quick introduction for my audience, about 30 seconds, and then we'll just jump into uh, the conversation. Yeah, so my name is Stephen Bailey. I left the UK long before Brexit in 2007. At the time, I didn't realize I wanted to be a digital entrepreneur. I, I scraped around the world uh, as a writer, odd jobber, on the shoestring traveler. Uh, and then 2013, I managed to establish a successful digital agency. Uh, providing digital marketing services and able was able to travel in a lot more luxurious style. <laughs> that that came and went. There were some successes, some failures, and in 2019, I launched a new business, a travel platform called Cater.com, and so far that has been uh, a more successful uh, venture. Yeah, I would I would gather. Like I, I learned it with podcasting. My first podcast. It was successful, but it was a lot of work. And my second podcast is just blowing up. Like this podcast is blowing up. So I, I get the you're slowly every time reiterating into something new with your new business. So um, what is the new business, the travel business? So Katie.com is a members travel club connecting travelers directly to local travel suppliers. So the idea is that a traveler can get a better trip by connecting directly to the person who will deliver the trip. Now, the last 14 years, because I've been traveling, I've been fortunate to, to travel to over 100 countries, make a lot of connections. And I, every, I always discovered that the trip is going to be better when the person on the ground, if I speak to them in advance. So if I'm, whether I'm going to Tanzania or Canada or Brazil, if I get to speak to someone on the ground in advance, tell them this is what I like, this is what I want to do, I get an amazing trip. It's really creative. It's really unique. I, I do what I want to do. But it's hard to do that because we live in a world of travel agents, whether online or on the high street, and we're often one step removed from the person who can create our travel experience. So cater.com is about connecting the travelers directly to uh, the travel suppliers because it just creates better travel. Oh yeah, no, I, when I traveled over to Ireland in, uh, back in 2019, I actually talked with a couple of people, pod, uh, fellow podcasters about, okay, where do I go? Who do I talk to? Like, I don't want to just do the, you know, I'm going to go see the Blarney Stone because it's Blarney, Blarney Stone. I'm, I'm going to go to Guinness Warehouse because it's the Guinness Warehouse. I'm going to do the big touristy things, but I want to get, I want to see the city for what it is, you know? So connecting with 
someone on the ground, like you're saying, is so important to a, a better trip if you're not doing, you know, you're not going to like uh, a resort down south. Like if you're going to actually want to experience the country, you need to talk to locals. So I'm glad that you you have this business. It's amazing business to have. Yeah, I mean, as you say, you it's easy to go on TripAdvisor. advice. Look, what are, what are the top 10 things to do in Ireland and then end up doing the same as everybody else. And why, why is everything so crowded? Well, it's because these are the mass tourism products. These are what everybody talks about. And actually, it's, as you say, it's great to talk to someone in advance and say, my interest is Celtic history. Where can you take me? My interest is Irish whiskey. Where can oh, you yeah. take me? Or, you know, tell me more about Guinness. And, and I want to go to where they're telling stories and playing music and we're drinking Guinness all night. But, but I want to feel that authenticity and, and that's what I really wanted to create with Cated, that authenticity to the experience and something that you can't find, you can't book on TripAdvisor, it's not about how many you sell, it's about the quality of a single experience that is created just for you. Yeah, it's that value, we're all seeking value and for a while like TripAdvisor and uh, I'm forgetting their name, um, airport book, uh, travel advisors, were those our ground on the streets, but thanks to the internet and Facebook and all that, it's getting more and more crowded, but something like this that I can talk directly to someone on the ground, like boots on the ground, that's that's even better because the trip's gonna be a hundred times better because this person's gonna show you those little hidey holes that not all the travel agents know or all the booking sites know. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a travel agent will say, well, I, I'm a specialist. And okay, so what's your specialism? Well, I, I've been there three times. You think, well, uh, is that really the specialist? Actually, the specialist is the person who lives there, the person who is doing that day in, day out, the person who knows Dublin like the, like the back of their hand, not somebody who goes there every year. And the big challenge is not that the, the, the I face really, is not that travelers didn't want to do it. Everyone, I would tell about about the uh, cated.com say oh brilliant idea and you know, this is great um let's do it but, but the challenge has often been providing that security for the trip because maybe ireland you trust to send your money to ireland yeah maybe not. um but what about if you go on safari in tanzania what about if you uh, do something um an experience in rio like how is it secure for you how can you trust i'm sending a few thousand dollars uh, for my week-long experience how do you know the person's actually going to be there to pick you up so that's been a, a big part of the uh, platform is really developing like a quality assurance and providing that trip protection so if you pay your trip is covered and we can guarantee that it's going to happen you're not just blindly trusting somebody that, that you found in in england we would say the yellow pages but, but now it's it's the back of the internet really um, yeah it's the old it's the new yellow pages the back of the internet how do i know that this katie.com if i give them my money will literally not just take it and run and close down the next day so yeah that's that's amazing and what's what's great about it is you you can have that podcast your podcast to back it up because they can say well steven's been to all these places and he's running this business 
and he does he seems to be doing fine since he left 20 in 2007 so he's like your your story actually helps bring it a bit more credibility so that it, there's a bit more value to it but i get it like getting the trust to those people that on the ground when you're not there yeah and, and i've experienced it myself i remember doing a safari in tanzania and absolutely wanting to do this safari with with this guy but i was and then as soon as i had to send the money i was like I'm not so sure. And, and the same, I, 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 I trekked to um, I trekked to Everest Base Camp, I, and it, we were short on time, so that you know the trip had to be arranged in advance. It had to be these exact dates, and there were all these companies. I ended up booking with the first company in Nepal to offer payment by Visa and Mastercard, and it wasn't because I thought they were going to be better. It was just because I needed some protection to know that. If I send this money, they're going to be there to uh, to pick me up. Yeah, and that if if they weren't, at least with Visa or Mastercard, you got that insurance. They'll at least refund you, and then they'll take care of all the headache of the groundwork that you don't have to. So yeah, that was that's wise too. Make sure they take Visa or Mastercard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and which, which I mean, three years ago, this was the first, the only company that actually was able to do it online. And I think, as as you said, with the with the podcast, it's that's kind of fit well with it because I've been traveling to these places and I just like to narrate, look, here's 10 minutes about a destination. It could be Tokyo, Tuscany. It could be a single experience such as kayaking through New Zealand, or it could be about an entire country, um, maybe Tanzania. And the idea is just to give people inspiration. Like there are all these wonderful places out there and maybe it's not a great destination for you, but here have a listen get some inspiration did you like something there if you did like it then you know explore further oh yeah no uh, and you saying that doing your podcast it reminds me of a youtube channel called yes theory and they just released a video where one of their members did a northern tour of iraq in kurdistan where it's it's still iraq but it's a, a full different country and uh, for me, for everybody in the West, pretty much Iraq was like, oh my God, it's bombed, it's dangerous, there's ISIS, there's terrorists, there's all this. But then you see this video and you're seeing the beauty of the communities there. And it's like, well, now I wanna go to Iraq. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, great country, great destination, you know, Kurdistan. And, and, and that is the same all over the world. I think our knowledge of the world is hard coded into us through what we learn from around us and you know for a lot of countries it's what happens on the news and the news loves to talk down yeah they love to talk down our own countries never mind a foreign country they, they love to show the superior you know look, look how bad it is going on over there we never hear about those stories of it's so beautiful over there the, the people are amazing over there there are these incredible sites incredible histories and cultures we don't really hear that and Within travel, we started doing it with the idea of influencers, you know, like Instagram, we, we started to have a look, here are some photos of, of what is great here. And then for me, that, that's also gone a little bit further the other way. That's become the trip advisor because it's become, hey, look, here are the 10 places you have to take a photo in the world yeah. tomorrow. Rather it's... than, yeah, the, you know, these, these huge people who actually provide some depth like like you say the, the people who go to Kurdistan Iraqi Kurdistan and create that video and say look 
this is the real story. You know, there are no bombs dropping on me. It's a beautiful country. The people are welcoming. Look, no, most people are still going to say, yeah, but I'm not traveling to Iraqi Kurdistan. But there are some who are going to say, wow, I didn't even know that was possible. I, I want it on my bucket list. Maybe one year, five years, 10 years, I might make it there and explore that part of the world. Oh, I, it is on my bucket list. Just watching it, I was like, okay, I want to try this. Because one, the experience of like going to a place that's considered hostile, you know, but you're not seeing anybody mean all these people are nice they literally got a local to show them around so that now you're you're getting like this amazing local experience learning the history from a local and you're not trying to do it on your own now given iraq it probably would be wiser to have a local than just be you know a normal white person there because you stand out slightly but if we're going to like uh, a more mo modern i don't want to say modern because I, I think everywhere is modern but uh a place like New Zealand, where it's like, okay, it's a little safer if I stay in this area and go visit, I because it's a touristy town. So having a local there, not always is beneficial, but you're, you can you can travel by yourself. But having a local is always better. Yeah, I mean, it's not always essential, but it's always going to be better if you have a local showing me. I mean, if you come to my town and you don't know anything, I know exactly where you're going to end up because it's the same place everybody ends up. But if I'm going to show you around, I'm going to show you to some places that otherwise you wouldn't have known of. And, and they're the same if, if I you know, came to your city, the same all over the world. And I think what's great about travel is that it's a two way thing. We love to travel, but we, within us, we also love to host. Uh, we also love to host travelers and say, look, this is what I like here. You know, it's showing a bit of uh, our own life. And, and we see this all over the world, like, like the example in, in Kurdistan, people very willing very open yeah i want to show you around i want to show you that it's different to maybe what you've been told before yeah it's and it, it's so much it, it, there's so much history too because if I, i'm from canada so we're a young nation in the world like canada is like 300 years old not even 300 years old it's like it's a speck in the dust whereas other places like kurdistan iraq they have like mesopotamia you know about like they have all the history of life up into where i am now is there it started out there but we're forgetting that yeah and like because the, the, they say in, in iraqi kurdistan and, and i have visited there they, they have like the oldest uh Neanderthal, uh caves then they've got the some basically the oldest christian sites and erbil is the world's oldest continuously inhabited city that <laughs> 8,000 years, like people have been living in this one citadel, 8,000 years, which is crazy when you think of that, you know, Canada only a bit, but also the UK, it's not that old compared to yeah. uh, this place. <laughs> it's like, our, it, it, if you think about it, that like, so how I think about it, like Canada is a child, England is the parent, and like Mesopotamia, Middle East is our grandparents because they have all this wonderful history that is yet to be explored. Yeah, I mean, there are ancestors, really. That's where, yeah. we, where, where we came from and, and whether, and I think one thing I like, another thing I like about travel is that, that it, it teaches you to be humble about other cultures and to be humble about, look, actually, a lot has gone on before we were here. And, and you really get that 
pretty much wherever you travel, whether it's New Zealand and, and meeting the Maori, whether it's coming, coming to Canada, whether it's Brazil, whether it's anywhere in the world, you get a sense actually, you know, I'm just a tiny little speck in this enormous planet. And I could travel for lifetimes and lifetimes, probably 8,000 years and still never get everywhere. So it, for me, it really makes me feel humbled and it definitely has made me feel a lot more open-minded because when I left the UK in 2007, I was, I mean, I wasn't a great traveler. I, I was like, can I, can I drink 12 pints of the local beer uh, every night and uh, go around the world? Great. You know, I've, <laughs> I like to think that through travel has changed me and, and now I have different interests and I do things differently because it's made me think about the world in a different way. Yeah, no, I, I fully, fully agree with that because when I, when I traveled, it was like with my family at first. It was like going on family vacation. So not really exploring on my own, it's with my family. So my parents are keeping me safe. And then I started traveling a little bit across Canada and the US and getting to see there. But it's still my mindset that everybody thinks similar to how I think. Then I went to Ireland and England and I was like, wow, you guys are way more friendlier than I thought. Um, I know Canadians are nice, but Jesus, you guys like, you really put it over the top. <laughs> like just the like walking in, like we met when I was in Ireland, uh, in Dublin, I met a guy at, a, at the pub, which you're always at a pub apparently. And we just started chit-chatting. And funny enough, like two days later, we're walking down the street and he's honking at us from his car and waving at us. And I'm like, oh my God, no one does that. Like, what the hell? And Because we were confused, like who's honking at us? And then he's like, he's like waving at us, honking, like, hey, I'm like, oh my God, it's him. And we ended up seeing him like two days later at the pub again. <laughs> and it was just so crazy how like the world is awesome like that. When you, when you travel around, you get to meet these amazing people that change the way you think. Yeah, you, you, you create connections all the time. And you know, serendipity, it's always when you least expect it, something incredible happens. You're like, I thought I was just going on a train overnight and suddenly uh, I've ended up in the, the back streets of some Indian city tasting the best food I've ever tasted with, you know, 50 new friends. It's, you know, I, speak, I mean, that, that's why I've, I've never stopped doing it. And, and I mean, that's also part of, you know, when I left, I wanted to find a way that would allow me to keep doing it yeah. um, because I, I'd been on trips before and I'd always went home and had this massive downer that oh, I'm back here. And when I left, I was like, okay, this time I need to find a way that I don't need to go back. I can actually continue to experience this that has become my passion and what I really love. I, I love that you were able to turn your passion into your business by helping others learn how amazing travel is by doing this membership site that you have. It, it's, it's amazing how you were able to pivot that into your, your business. Well, yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, it's, going, it's going pretty, pretty well. And, and I, I, it's, it's all about sharing, for me, sharing, sharing the inspiration because so much is possible beyond what you ever get taught, you ever get told, you ever even consider. And, you know, to step a little bit past your comfort zone, to go a little bit past your boundary, this whole new world opens up. You're suddenly like, 
wow, this is how you guys do things here. I didn't know that. They say it different on the news or, wow, look, I've just discovered this culture that I didn't even know existed before I came to this country. Or uh, I've discovered a food, a musical instrument, uh, a way of celebrating life, all these things that actually when we when we're sat at home, we, we don't get any of that other than maybe what we read on a forum or, or what we find on Wikipedia. No, it's, I just, okay, I have to ask, what one experience that you've had in your, God, you're nearly, you're like nearly 15 years, uh, 13 years, 13, 14 years you've been traveling. What is one experience that you've had that you're like, this is amazing? Like, I'm pretty sure you have had it dozens or enough or millions, but one that really just like sticks in your mind that's like the best travel kind of event or serendipity event that happened to you? I would say, and this is because it stimulated a whole nother set of experiences. I would say it was uh, the Trans-Siberian Railway. So taking the train from Moscow to Mongolia, a five day journey, on the train you can't get off the train incredibly relaxed because you can't even think about anything you're just you're just on the train like and just going through across siberia and everything changing and you know everyone on the train is meeting each other i can't speak russian they can't speak english but we're socializing because what else do you do we're just here on a train and we're sharing the cabin and it really changed me because this idea of like an expedition where you just give over yourself to this is what we're doing. We're just on a, we're just on a train. And then the next one I did was, okay, we're just going to be on a horse. So being on a horse for 11 days and, and it, the life is so simple. It, it's for me so liberating because there's nothing to think about. Wake up, have some food, get on the horse, you know, go to sleep next day. What, what's, what is there to think about? No, just keep riding. And then the same, I've done it with, um, Hiking trips, like I mentioned, to Everest, it's the same thing. Just this liberation of completely freeing your mind from everything else. Because you don't have to think about what you're doing tomorrow. You're doing the same as what you're doing today. You're just walking. You're just on the train. You're just riding that horse. You're just uh, kayaking also, you know, kayaking for five days. Tomorrow, what we're doing the same, just kayaking. And I'm just waiting for the experiences that happen there. Oh, my God. Yeah, waiting for the experience and, you know, that it ends up being so relaxing because you have this complete mental um, clarity, cleansing. Yeah, it's this mental cleansing that when you come back, you, you think, or I, I found that after these trips, and I try and do at least one a year of these kind of expeditions, uh, after it, I feel completely refreshed and my mind thinks about everything in a different way. It's like, blank canvas kind of thing so professionally it's also really helped i'm so jealous of you <laughs> I, I i can't wait to i i'm going to get to that i'm not i can't wait i'm going to have that those experiences those crazy adventures i want to try that the trans-siberia rail because that just sounds amazing and like I, I i know russia gets a bad rap but i know the people it's the politicians that are bad but the people are awesome because like, they're just like me and you, except they live in Russia. Yeah, that, that is the thing all over the world. Like, I think 95% of us are, are all the same. We've all got similar desires. We've all got uh, similar feelings, similar uh, different impressions, but similar ways of going about doing things. And I remember on this train, 
the first the first day I was with, so there were these Russian people in the in the carriage, and they got vodka out, uh, and they, they were toasting, and it and it was surprise, really, surprise, they got surprise, vodka. Surprise, out. I mean. I mean, there's nothing like a good stereotype. And it was exactly <laughs> as, as I'd pictured it before I went on. And then we drank it. It was delicious. And then what happens is the train stops at these uh, Siberian towns in the middle of nowhere, really, usually. And it stops for 20, 30 minutes, maybe three times a day. And these women, the core babushkas, they, they come to the platform and they start selling things. So they start selling boiled potatoes in a bag warm if, if you want to eat them they're selling like pickled fish and also selling a uh, vodka and i was like, okay so i need to get some vodka because i want to repay yeah uh, what these people have given to me and then i got the vodka and then the people in my carriage got really um really annoyed at me and they started shouting and i was like what's going on i was just trying to uh, give some vodka and then i found someone <laughs> we found someone to translate and i'd been buying i actually bought a uh, distilled aviation fuel <laughs> Were you trying to kill them or fly a plane? <laughs> <laughs> Understandable why they could be upset. You know, aviation gin is probably not the, or aviation fuel is not the best uh, thing to take with vodka. But okay, so now I know. Let the Russians buy the alcohol and I just pay them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, mis- there was a bit of a mis- miscommunication in terms of buying it and then, and then later. But luckily we got there and it was all good in the end. I could, I, 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 I could just imagine how petrified you must have been, or worried that you've done something wrong, and you have these angry Russians yelling at you. For yeah, I'm like, I've, I'm brought, I've got it here. Here is my. It's the vodka I bought. I'm paying you back. What's going on? Because I thought they like they were mad at you because you're the guest in their country and they're supposed to take care of you. But no, you're just trying to kill them with aviation fuel. Yeah, they, they thought I was poisoning them, but. <laughs> I'm glad at least uh, it got taken care of and you found a translator to let you know, no, they don't want to die today or fly. They, they want to drink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can always find a way and, you know, communication barriers are, are always part of the fun of travel as well. Like find, finding a way around it, like finding a way to communicate. Look, this is what I want. Um, okay, and this is what I can offer. And then finding that kind of middle ground is, as part of traveling and part of what you learn. I mean, that was, that was the early years of my, my trip. So uh, when, when I saw vodka on the, uh, on the train station uh, platform and I thought, okay, yeah, sounds, you know, give me three. <laughs> Apparently you're going to be flying a jet <laughs> soon. Um, wow. Oh, that, that, that just sounds fun. Like it just sounds entertaining and like just, like you said, it's world changing. It changes your world because you're getting these these experiences. My God. And so, okay, we're going to get a bit into the more less travel and more into the business side because this is an entrepreneur podcast. Um, you said you started your first successful digital agency. It's called the Fat Dogs. Yeah. Is that still going or is it uh, on the back burner running itself or did you sell it? Yeah, so, so that in the end just, it just ran out of steam, to be honest. So, so I, I was trying to find ways to, to, to make a living as, as, I, as I was going. And, you know, this was especially 2007, 2008. So before this idea of, of digital nomads was really known. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it was, this was a time when 
we didn't really have Wi-Fi on our phones. It was going to you know, scraping by on internet cafes. And slowly I, I built up a client base. Uh, I, I was writing. So I got into travel writing and slowly, slowly doing a little bit more writing and a little bit more writing until, okay, I've, I've got a, I've got a bit of a niche. Uh, I travel to lots of places. I write about them and I earn some money to travel. And then it was like, okay, I need to take this further. So what if there are three of me? What if there are five of me? Uh, and then I don't need to do the writing. Like I can continue the exploration. Um, and, and that's, so that's how uh, the fat dogs started. Um, creating this, uh, creating written content, uh, travel marketing uh, for clients around the world, um, mostly for online travel agents uh, who had a big demand for it, especially uh, 2013, 2014. Uh, and it, de it develops pretty well, but I think what I really struggled with uh, is the going from scale, uh, finding scale and profitability, like scale, not necessarily a challenge, but profitability within that scale, and still having that lifestyle that I wanted uh, was was the real challenge. No, it probably would be because it's your first foray into the entrepreneur world. Obviously, it's figuring out all the, the bits and bobs without a guidepost, because I'm pretty sure you didn't have a blueprint on how to build it. You built it yourself. Um, so you took all those lessons and you created Katie.com, which is probably maybe got hurt because of COVID. Um, you know, it, it, it did put a flux in a lot of uh, travel, but have you seen a, a spike now that like the COVID vaccine has been coming out? Yeah, I mean, definitely a spike in interest. Uh, obviously for um, for travel businesses, it's, it's not a great time, but I would say that it, it's actually been good for Cated because there's been a shift in the landscape. A lot of the, I would say poorer, uh, tour operators, travel agents, those that operated on big scale, small margins, they're the ones that have really been struggling. And actually what we're saying is quality is is the king. We should be looking at uh, quality. Uh, so I think coming forward, there's going to be this demand for better quality travel because, hey, we haven't been able to do it for a year. So yeah. <laughs> we best be doing something good. Like I'm not going to do the same like top 10 that I always do. I'm not going to go back to the same destination. So I think that the type of travel uh, that I'm operating is going to move more in that space. And the, the other reason I think it was a benefit is because it created a kind of stress-free environment that it didn't need to really aggressively go after sales from the start. So it wasn't like, okay, we have to try and sell something uh, to prove something and we, we have to do it now and over invest in marketing when the product and the service isn't ready. This time is a, it's given us that extra time to, to take it a bit slower than most startups would be able to do and make sure, okay, everything is right. Make sure we're properly listening uh, to all the feedback we get. Make sure we're, we're iterating properly so that when we do invest and when we have been investing in the marketing and bringing people to the platform, 
we're actually getting conversions and we're, and we're getting that interest. We're getting those trip inquiries. That, that's great. You're, so, so in essence, COVID has been more friendly towards your company than other companies because you have had that time to take a second and be like, I can't travel because COVID. So I'm going to take my time and build what needs to be built so that when I do, we can kick it into high gear and it's the stress test is already done. Yeah, so, so it's getting it ready for, okay, now it's going to be open and now this, this country is open, this market is open. Okay, we're ready to do that. We understand how much it costs to get a lead, how much it's costing us to get an inquiry. We have an understanding of when we scale it, we're going to, get, we're going to be able to achieve this. And, and what I hadn't done the first time because it was just built on the job was having that solid foundation to then be in a position to scale you know when you create a business and you're just creating it as you go along because it goes and then you go from solopreneur to entrepreneur and you start hiring people there has to be solid foundations without solid foundations it's easy for things to start unraveling and that's what i found with with the marketing agency because it was built on it, it was built on sands. So, yeah. you know, to take the, the biblical uh, term narrative. Yeah. You know, it, it was built on this idea that it can work. Okay. So just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then, okay. What happens when uh, something hits, what happens when something doesn't go to plan? Where do you go now? How, how do you pivot? What do you do when suddenly you've got this team of writers and no work and now you're working way more for less money? Yeah, no, it's uh, that that's true. But those lessons you learned help build a so more solid foundation now because you know those are the pitfalls. Those are where you're going to fall in. And plus, because you already know digital marketing, you can bring that digital marketing ability to market your new company. So you're getting a two-for-one deal from your pre previous experience. Yeah, I mean, we're always learning, aren't we, everything we're doing. And I think that's the great thing about the the entrepreneur's journey really uh, and and i don't think anyone should kick themselves if something fails because you know if if you went for it and you you had a solid go at it and you put the energy in you know what was really lost maybe you lost some money may, maybe it didn't work out and you have to start again but that learning is is invaluable you're not going to learn that at, at college you're not going to learn no. that you're not going to learn that on an online course. You're going to learn it by doing it and making expensive mistakes, make, doing things that you will never do again. But that's how you really understand, look, this is what's important. This is what I need to do. And I think this is what I'm good at um, because I think it's easy to end up chasing, I want to do this because it sounds cool, but, you know, are you any good at that? Are you actually good at taking, you know, I thought for a while when with, fat dogs i also wanted to do uh, video content and i started doing it and after a year i was like you know what i'm i'm bad at making videos like <laughs> i'm not good at editing it it takes me so much time i can't be bothered taking the equipment around it sounds cool great but I i'm not good it. at it yeah i can't yeah. do it so like let's cut it loose and and focus on really developing what I am stronger and, and those strengths. No, I fully, fully agree with you because I used to do everything for my first podcast, the editing, 
the show notes, everything. I was handling everything and I was like, I, I hate all of this. And I didn't have the, because it wasn't generating money. I couldn't hire anybody to take care of it. Now with this new show, I easily just go to my friend who's a digit, who's uh, who does digital content creation, Photoshop and all that. And he loves doing that. I'm like, look, here's the deal. I'll produce your podcast for free. If you do my social media stuff, like the images and all that for free. And he's like, sure. So literally he sends me his stuff. I edit his podcast. I do that. And he handles my digital marketing stuff. So it's like, it's a fair trade. He's getting value. I'm getting value. And his stuff is way better than what I could do. And he does it in half the time. Yeah. And, and that's the same way I, in terms of how I've, I've developed the team. So, so hundred percent remote business. I mean, I've, I've always been remote. I'm fully uh, supportive of remote business. I think it's a more effective way of working. I'm, you know, finding specialists uh, to do different jobs. Uh, and for them to take on those roles. So actually, I can just take, I can just oversee, I can be the face of the, the brand, I can be the voice of the brand, uh, but I have other people doing what they're great at, whether that is uh, B2C sales, whether that is uh, managing the social media, whether that is, you know, also somebody um, editing my my podcast, because well, how am I going to edit a podcast? Like, how? Uh, <laughs> I have the lazy way of editing a podcast when I first started <laughs> that I, I was like, boom, 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 done. We're done. We're good. Let's put it out there so I can concentrate on growing my business. Now I have a professional editor who handles my editing. So he makes my stuff look sound fantastic where I am like, damn, I really was shit at editing. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I understand building that team slow and steady. Building the team is the best way about because you're helping everybody out. Yeah, and, and having a team of diverse personalities, diverse skills, I think, again, that was a mistake that I've learned from, from having a team of people quite similar to me who I thought I, I could trust to do a good job. And, you know, they could, but actually our niche became so small because all the people were similar to me and actually they were doing the work that I could do. And now really thinking it's much better to have this very diverse team with different ideas, who speak different languages, who are on different time zones, who are going to approach everything from their own angle and give me something to think about rather than me just saying, here's the work, deliver it in two weeks. Yeah, I know. I think that's one of the greatest things you said. Well, you've said a lot of great things, but having that diversity in your workforce you know, it pays dividends for you because it prevents, it creates new ideas that you may not have had. You're cross-pollinating these ideas with different, from different people. Cause I learned from, cause I've used to edit videos. I learned from editing videos. It's easier to have a template that just, you can stick in and it's easy to like click, click, click. It's done if you're by yourself. And then you take that knowledge and you go put it over here. So I was watching my friend because we, instead of just being separate, we we stream to each other. So we're on a Zoom call and we're just chit-chatting all the whole time. So one, it makes the work go by faster, but also I see what he's doing. I'm like, I can try that over here. And so it's able to increase my productivity over here because it shortens the time it takes me to edit a, a podcast or edit a copy or whatever it is. Yeah, and I don't know. 
because the advice I always read was was different. Like you know, when when you've got a when you're an entrepreneur and you're hiring people, you know, some of the advice is find someone who can do like seventy percent of what you can do, and then you'll find somebody great. Uh, and then I've actually found the opposite. I've found it better to find somebody who can only do maybe ten percent of what I can do, but can do another 60 70 that i just have no idea about i don't have the time to learn i don't have the expertise i don't have the interest uh, and i don't have the passion like if i can just continue doing what i'm good at what i'm passionate about and leave everyone else to do what they're good at what they're passionate about the end result has been a lot more fruitful like we we've developed a lot more in 18 months than than what i'd done in in five years previously no, it's because, pardon me, building on that, it's as long as they have the interest in the travel world, that's the 10% that you need, whether they're videographers, you know, copywriters, uh, graphic designers, if they're all passionate about what you're passionate about, but they have their expertise is somewhere else, that just makes you, your job 100% easier right there. Because you know, they like travel, good. We all like travel but you're the digital editor, you're this, you're that. So it makes you do what you love, which is travel or, you know, find that management team. Yeah. And, and I think it's key, as you say, you know, they, they need to buy into what you're doing, uh, what you're aiming to do. They need to buy into that, to the brand, mm -hmm. you know, why they have to, you know, buy into Simon Sinek's why, you know, why, why are we here as a business? Uh, but, but the rest is, they don't need to buy into necessarily who you are or want to be or do the same things. Yeah, if you, you are, not at all. They actually, I found it's much better when they are people who have their own journey, have their own path uh, and have their own way. I mean, we all travel different. So I love working with people who say, you know, actually, when I travel, I go to destinations spend a lot of time there and I go really deep into the history. Like I have some, somebody, who, who, the person who does our content, she's massive on, on the history of these destinations, loves to spend a long time in one place. I'm the opposite. I like to move quickly, get a feel for it, do a couple of experiences and then move on because I really want to go to as many places as I can within the time that I have. So completely different travel styles, but that same underlying passion for discovery and, and traveling different. Yeah, you, you want to discover the thing, uh, the country you visit, the town you visit, but you don't want to like spend so much time there that you're like, but there's other places I can visit. You want to you want to get to know the area, friendly area. This is cool. Next time I come back, I'm going to check out that. But right now I'm off to, you know, this new adventure I'm going to. Yeah, and, and that was, coming back to how Katie.com really started because it was I was finding look there's so many places and you know even after 12 years like there's still like millions millions more to come like the world is endless it's incredible the diversity and I was getting a bit frustrated that the first two days three days in every destination I'm not necessarily wasting my time but I'm not getting much out of it because I don't know what to do other than what the guidebook is telling me. And then if I've only got a week here, I don't know we're wasting half the time. So it was really moving towards, look, every time I get to a destination, I want to have talked to someone from there 
before I get there. So I know from the minute I arrive, I've got a great idea of where I'm going to dine that first night because I've had already an understanding of what the local food is and I've got a great restaurant recommendation. And then it was really like, wow, by doing it this way, not only am I getting more for my time, I'm able to travel further and I'm getting a way better experience. So can I make this a way of travel for other people? And yes, you can, because you, uh, just listen to you. I'm like, I'm going to be signing up for Kate. Okay, that's simple <laughs> as that, because that's what I want. I want to meet people, because I love talking to people. That's why I, I have a podcast. But I love learning more about a place from the actual ind individuals, because I know how much history my city has. And yeah, you can read a book on it, but to experience it with a local is way better than just showing up and going to the touristy places. And so, yeah, Kate is like, it's a freaking genius idea. And I look at it like this way. If you can find seven people that would agree with you that it's a great idea, then you get 7 billion people because everybody is <laughs> generally one person for, is, there's 7 billion people. You can find seven people that like it. You know, there's at least a billion people out there that will like your mm -hmm. idea. That's how I look at it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, pe people have been liking it so far, so really hopeful that when when the restrictions really end, and I think there will be some recovery for travel this year, it, it, not all over the world and certainly not all uh, segments. And then moving towards the, the following year, I think is really going to be a bumper year for travel because people, as I said before, people have had time to stop and think and say, where do I actually want to travel? Like, why do I go on vacation? What, what is inspiring me when I leave home? And it's giving people time to think, okay, this is what I really want to do. I want to do something that's on my bucket list, not do something because it's a cheap vacation and, and there's a deal on the flights. Like, I actually want to do something that's going to uh, change who Dying I am. My it's gonna yeah, it's going to influence me in a positive way. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's how I want to travel. I want a value travel. Like if I'm spending five G's traveling, I don't want to just go to a sunny destination that everybody has. I want my own unique adventure that's different so that when I go back and be like, I did this. And there'd be, my friends would be like, that's insane. How much did you pay? And then it's like, that's how much I paid. It's not like, oh, you went to Cuba. You went to a sunny resort. Oh, congratulations. Everybody's seen those pictures of the pristine beaches and that. So it's not as fun. But if I say, yeah, I went to Cuba, but I stayed at some local's house. So I had the Cuban food and all this. And it was amazing. It'll be more enjoyable because there's they see the value of going there. Yeah. And you really start creating that curiosity in other people and they start thinking, maybe we won't go to Cuba this year. Maybe we'll, we'll go somewhere else or, or we'll, we'll go to Cuba. We won't stay in, in the all-inclusive resort and not leave. We'll go to Havana or, you know, we'll go to uh, the tobacco plantations or, you know, we'll go learn about rum and go tasting rum with, with, with a Cuban, you know, those, those, those kinds of things that, because we are insatiably curious as, as people and as soon as somebody gives us an idea and we like it, you know, we, we have the ability to run with it. <laughs> and when people come to me and say, I've done this, like, 
I'm not usually jealous. I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm writing it down. Like, this is what I'm going to do next time I'm there. You, you had fun on that. That's, that's on my bucket list now. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like for me, I'm like, okay, I've, you know, I've kissed a Blarney stone. Other people haven't kissed a Blarney stone. They're like, okay, that's cool. But it's like, I was one of the benefits is I went to this off the beaten path pub when I was in Ireland, thanks to my friends. And I had this amazing experience. I talked with a whole bunch of people. What was really weird was we were in this, this pub and there were at the same time, unfortunately, I can't remember. I think there were Romanians. We're having a Romanian day celebration in this Irish pub that funny enough used to be a Romanian pub before it got transitioned to an Irish pub. So you're like, you're learning all this crazy stuff and you're meeting and you're talking, you're having fun with people. And I was like, this is travel. Like, screw staying in a hotel, you know, five-star hotel. I like getting down and dirty with the, down and dirty, down in, into the community and learning and being a local and being like having fun because these are experiences no one else is going to have. Yeah, and, and it's amazing that what, you know, all the things you might have on your bucket list, all these ideas of what I'm going to do. Often our favorite travel memories are the things we never expected to happen like the pub we, ne we never even knew existed before we got to Ireland. You probably didn't even know that pub existed the morning that you went to that pub. You just ended up here and then something incredible happened, you know, and that becomes the memory uh, more so than doing the tour that's at the top of TripAdvisor or doing the things on the top 10 list because uh, you're supposed to do those things. Yeah, it's the, that's what you're supposed to do in a city. Like when people come to Montreal, I'm like, okay, this is, you, you got to do two things and then they're touristy things, but you have to do them because it's so iconic. It's Montreal. Like you have to eat smoked meat at Swartz's. That's like, that's an, even Montrealers go, that's an iconic thing to do. You have to at least try it once in your life. But then the other thing is you have to go on top of Mount Royal and see the city. Because there's a law in Montreal that no building can be taller than our mountain so you have all these different size buildings but but you have this clear view like you literally can see to the Appalachian region like or the mountains and that and so it's it's amazing you see all the city laid out in front of you but you don't you you have this beautiful vista in front of you and the beautiful pictures so like I really like those are two places they're touristy but there, you need to see it because you get this new view on, on uh, Montreal. Yeah, and, and I think all over the world, there are those great experiences. And I think it's good that people follow their bucket list. So, you know, if you've always wanted to go to the Eiffel Tower, don't go to Paris and not go to the Eiffel Tower because there's a queue. Just, you know, you have to do these, these things that you always wanted to do. And, and these iconic experiences, you know, they, they also are great. The same as kissing the blind stone. Yeah. You know, you're in Ireland and you want the gift of the gab, so what else are you going to do? <laughs> right? you you got to follow the legend. Yeah. yeah, I'm a podcaster. I have to get more gab in me, you know? <laughs> if I didn't have it, it would be the end of the world. Um, but yes, it's. I'm so looking forward to traveling again once everything opens up because there's so many, like, I was, last year was supposed to be my, like, multiple destination travel trip in Europe, but uh, something happened, you know, COVID happened, so I lost out, but that means that next year or later this year when it opens up i can't wait it's going to be amazing to travel it's going to be so exciting yeah so exciting so fresh i mean and i think it's this last year has taught us that travel really is is a privilege mm -hmm. like 
we, we got so used to being able to go wherever we wanted to go, you know, we just flash our passport and pay the money for the flight and we're there. Oh, you know, and this last year we've realized actually it's, it's quite a privilege to be able to do that. Like it's only in the last 20, 20 odd years that the people like us have been able to do it and just be say, yeah, travel to the other side of the world. I mean, in the eighties, you'd be saving for 10 years to get that. Yeah. It's like, ticket. And in the fifties, I mean, you, 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 yeah. And just going back, like thinking about like travel before the plane was around, it was like a 10 day trip on a boat to go from like England to Canada. So even then, like you land there and you're like, okay, this is nice. Okay. We're going back now. Yeah. <laughs> the vacation's yeah, over. Three week trip and it's just going there and back. Yeah. Um, so Stephen, we're coming up to the end of the episode. I'm going to give you this time to talk about Katie, talk about where your podcast, where we can listen to you, where we can find you on the interweb so that if anybody who is interested to join your site and that, or listen to more of your experiences on your podcast, they have a chance. So I'm just going to step away for a second, give you the full screen here. There you go. And it's all yours, sir. So k2.com is a members travel club connecting travelers directly to local travel suppliers. Just go to kate.com and you'll find out a lot more. It's k-a-t-e-d.com. You'll find over two and a half thousand travel experiences for your bucket list. You can save your favorites using the heart. You can start creating your bucket list on there. And you can connect directly to the local travel suppliers. If you want to hear more inspiration from me from the hundred plus countries I've visited, then check out the daily Katie Travel podcast. It's a short form podcast, so usually about 10 minutes, designed to be that you can listen to it while brewing up a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. But each day, just giving you a new destination, a new idea, something different from this incredible planet that we live on. Something different that perhaps you'll be able to do in the coming years and perhaps will be on your bucket list. Oh my God. I love it. I love those short form podcasts sometimes. Like I love the long form interview podcasts, but listening to like, I want to learn about this country that Stephen's been to boom. And you get this whole experience and it's like, Oh my God, that's amazing. It's amazing. I can't, can't wait to start listening to more and more episodes. Stephen, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. His show notes will be in the, uh, in the show notes, you'll find all the links. That was easier said than done. Um, gift, and, gift to the gab. Yeah, gift to the gab. It, it just it just fallen out of my mouth now. Uh, but yes, all the all these links will be in the show notes down below. Uh, again, if you're going to travel, might as well get it from locals. Check out katie.com because uh, he's been to a hundred countries. I think he knows the locations pretty well by now. Um, I, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you to my listeners. Remember to invest in yourself. I'd feel better. Guys, I just enjoyed so much talking with Steven about everything that he's gone through. He pretty much took the life that everybody wanted or dreamed of, of being free and traveling all this. So I would really suggest one, you check out Kate.com, you check out his Facebook page, it's linked in the show notes down below, but also check out his podcast because it's amazing. I enjoy it. I listen to it on my walks. So that's really all I have for you guys. This is an amazing episode. On uh, the next episode, we have the amazing Jennifer Cobbs, who is a former NFL cheerleader turned Parkinson advocate. And 
the people that she's worked with is amazing. So I'm going to just tease that with you. If you like the episode, make sure you share it with a friend. Let them know about this amazing interview that you heard, an amazing podcast in Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, Phil Better. I thank you so much. And remember, folks, invest in yourself. <laughs>